Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. We are back. I am back. Welcome, everybody, to episode 91 of the Agreed Free Show. I am your host, Luigi C. Let's get right into it, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I love creating it for you. But you know what will make it even better? Your support. How can you do that, you ask? Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to any of my social media channels. You can now even buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee at the bottom of the screen here dot com forward black slash i'm not sure what it is agree to disagree because you know how much i love coffee so that's how you can support the show guys reminder two things we are leaving uh streaming live on youtube tiktok hello eighteen thousand three hundred followers on tiktok twitter x call it whatever you want and of course facebook this will of course be a, available as a podcast right after this evening and without further ado guys actually just before we start a reminder Put in your comments on any of the platforms. Say hi just to, you know, any questions, any comments. Let's make this as interactive as possible. We have a lot to get into tonight. Okay. So where are we going to start tonight? Um, I had spoken about this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure when, when it initially came out, but um, some some updates have been have been. Uh, have been put forward on this case of the famous Arrive Can app. And if you guys remember correctly, the Arrive uh, Can app was used uh, for people traveling and whether or not you were vaccinated and it was proof of vaccination. So anyway, like any normal developer, app developer, would tell you um, an app of such could cost probably in the thousands, right? So the app's original Canada, um, app budget, excuse me, from the uh, Liberal Party of Canada, which is the governing, of course, the governing uh, body right now, who is governing um, uh, Canada right now with, with uh, Justin Trudeau as their leader, Um the original budget started at 80,000. 80,000. Okay, let me repeat that. So right now there is a RCMP investigation over scandal claims. Guys, believe it or not, another scandal with the Liberal Party of Canada. Listen, I can't even keep up because we got two to cover tonight. These are just two of I don't know, the list is is way too long. I would say in now and in the tens, if not hundreds, of scandals in the eight years that the Liberals have been in, uh, have been in power, and Justin Trudeau uh, has been our uh, prime minister. So, do you want to know what the cost has been for those of you watching from the states, overseas, anywhere in the world? I have viewers all over the world. Are you ready for this? You ready for this? Fifty-four million 
dollars. So that is a five four followed by six zeros. Yes, you've heard it right. Fifty four million dollars for an app to show that you're vaccinated to travel. Now you may be thinking to yourself, Luigi, that's impossible. But guys, in Canada and this government in particular, anything is possible. Okay? So as if that is not bad enough, right? We had the story um, of the liberals. Actually, we'll, we'll talk about that after. But so so let, let me give you a little bit of context on this, all right? The RCMP right now is investigating into allegations of misconduct linked to contracting for the $54 million taxpayer-funded ArriveCan app. I already mentioned the budget was originally at $80,000. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we could stop it right there, right? Because normally, you know, you, of course, anytime you're, you're building a house or you're starting a business, you're always going to go slightly over budget, right? The 10 20%. But here we've gone from 80000 80,000 to 54 million dollars. This again, this is another amongst a very long list of things that show the level of, of incompetency of of just carelessness with our money which sheer um I I just I I've run out of words, guys. I've run out of words. Okay. So look how great this is. Okay. So these allegations were initially brought forward by Botler, a company that had performed contract work for the CBSA. Botler was involved in a pilot project related to detecting sexual harassment front, uh, funded uh, from a larger 21.2 million contract and also covered work related to ArriveCan. Founders of Butler recorded their conversations with IT consultants and federal employees essentially whistleblowing on the ArriveCan app's obscure tendering process. Now, if you don't know what tender is, is when you put in an offer to get a government contract, right? Then they choose from this list. That's what the process is called, tender. The pilot project and ArriveCan app both involve the same three technology companies. JCS Strategies, Dalian Enterprises, and Coradix, and were overseen by some of the same senior public servants. Both projects were also featured layers of subcontract that obscure key details such as the nature of the work and payment recipients. Last fall, the House of Commons voted 174 to 149. I can't believe how 149 members of parliament, people you we've put, you've put into power, okay? In favor of auditing spending on the ArriveCan app, which is expected to exceed $54 million. So you're going to tell me 149 members of parliament were okay with spending $54 million on an app. <laughs> the motion was approved despite objections from liberal MPs. This week's meeting with the Auditor General was requested by Conservative MP Kelly McCauley. Okay. 
who stated that federal officials should have informed MPs about complaints regarding the companies involved. Involved, excuse me. The Globe and Mail reported the investigation last week, revealing that the Canada Border Service Agency also received warnings about questionable relationships between IT consultants and federal officials. Oh my God, I'm so surprised. I'm so surprised. Dirty politicians on the take? That never happens. Come on. There is a story, guys, of two individuals having received 11 million of this 54 million dollars and nobody seems to know who they are nobody seems to know which company they're attached to and no politician seems to be able to answer the simple question how amazing is that how amazing is it that you cannot even ask or excuse me answer such a simple question as if to say right where did this money go where did this out of control spending clearly laundering stealing taxpayers money 54 million dollars and again nobody's gonna pay the price people find this normal it gets swept under the rug and now the rcmp is being um stalemated in terms of doing this investigation on a clear case of government overspending, corruption, laundering, call it whatever you want to call it. Pat says, hey, Pat, how are you? Just shows how corrupt this government is to lie for the last three years just for self-profit. Worst of all, they got away with it. They should create an app that shows you where your tax money is going. <laughs> That's a great idea, Pat. And I bet it wouldn't cost $54 million, right? I always, you know, it's a funny point. Since, you know, the government steals 50% 50, 50 roughly, even more sometimes, of my salary, maybe you should, you know, have a say in where your money, you know, where the money goes. Wouldn't that be cool, guys? Imagine telling the government, hey, because, well, technically we do tell the government, but they never listen to us, especially this government the last eight years, right? We'll just ship it all over the world, right? Um, spend it on problems that don't affect us, that don't even exist, actually. Caribbean vaccine equity, <laughs> climate change. <laughs> As if all this money we're spending on climate change is going to make a, make a difference, right? I'm sure there's going to be some idiot that's going to tell me, oh, Luigi, you don't care about the climate. You don't care about the planet. Save it. Save it for another day. Honestly, I, it's just I'm, I'm not in the mood. I'm really not in the mood. Okay. So so let's leave it like that. So, guys, listen, I thought that, you know, tonight I would have probably only covered um, one scandal. But I'm going to give you another scandal, an update on another classic liberal scandal. Like I said before, the one of many in a long list of scandals. Can't keep up anymore. So that's why I need to put you guys, you know, keep you up to date, guys. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to keep you. Basically, I should just rename the show 
um, Liberal Scandal podcast. Liberal Scandal Update podcast, episode 91. That's what I should basically call it. I could have a podcast just based on the liberal scandals of the last eight years. There's an idea. Maybe I might even do that. Okay, so I don't know if you guys saw this in the news. I think this happened yesterday or the day before. The Liberal Party of Canada shut down a meeting to question the RCMP commissioner on the SNC-Lavalin probe. Okay? So, in an unexpected move, the Liberals shut down a parliamentary committee that was about to hear from top RCMP officials on why it did not pursue a criminal investigation into Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's actions in relations to snc Lavalin affair. Okay? <laughs> so, at the start of the meeting on Monday, Liberal MP Mona Fortier took the floor to complain that members of the Parliamentary Committee on Ethics had only learned late Friday afternoon that it was switching gears from its study on TikTok and would instead hear from the RCMP. So basically what they're saying is that TikTok is more important to national security than a breach in um, ethics from our own prime minister. Okay? So RCMP Commissioner Michael Duhem and Sergeant Frédéric Pancis, who was in charge of the investigation into SNC-Lavalin, were scheduled to offer a briefing session on the matter after questions arose from documents released last week by the group Democracy Watch that shed light on the federal police force's decision to shut down their investigation after four years. So Forte mentioned that any changes to the schedule of committee usually requires a 48-hour notice and said the move to invite the RCMP, uh, RCMP officials was made at the last minute. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was at the last minute. They just basically invent an excuse to stop us questioning criminal and illegal activity of the sitting Prime Minister of Canada. She goes on to say, this had not been discussed whatsoever by the committee. I think the committee should have at least had the opportunity to debate a motion and to present it in due form, she said, before moving a motion to adjourn the meeting, resulting in a shouting match for both sides, because you have to see the video, right? The minute this happens, they all voted. And, of course, this happened and passed because, right, the Liberal government has a minority government, but it passed because the NDP and the Bloc Québécois a separatist party of Quebec voted to adjourn the meeting. Conservative MP Michael Barrett said the government MPs were looking to shut down a hearing on a very serious matter with respect to a criminal investigation into the prime minister and said the situation was not acceptable. This is not acceptable, guys. How much more are we going to take? Tell me, how much more are we going to take in Canada? Because I still see in my comments, right, on TikTok or on social media that, you know, they're still, they're still going to vote for, for Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party of Canada. I still get those comments, guys. Believe it. As hard as that is to even fathom after, after all we know, after what, what we've seen in terms of his behavior and what his party has done to this country, 
economically, socially, internationally, there are still people that are going to go to bat for this liberal government and this prime minister and for the prime minister and this for the life of me for the life of me i i i seriously can't understand because if 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 after all this you do still support him and the liberal party of canada um i i'm i'm not sure i have words for you honestly i really i i don't know you see because this is the, the the state of canadian politics right now guys the state of Canadian politics. You have Trudeau and the, the Liberal Party of Canada act like they are running an organized mafia with the Teflon Don, Justin Trudeau, at the helm. And the other crime families keep them in power. You know, like the crime families of New York and Chicago, Boston, Montreal, right? Back in the day, the high days of mafia, right? But the other crime families in this case is the NDP and the Bloc Québécois that are keeping these bastards in power. Tony Cheech wants to know, give us another option. Tony, you know, the, uh, you know there's only one option, guys, and it's a conservative party in Canada. And again, I'm not going to get into it, guys. Anything is better than this. Seriously? Seriously? I'll take Joe Biden at this point. Uh, I got to be careful what I wish for. Um, so... I, I I I I really don't know where we're going. I, I again I, I keep saying that a lot lately. Um but I, I I really don't know. Um Pat says Canada's justice system is the biggest crime syndicate known to date. Uh, yeah. Well, her crime syndicate, they're releasing murderers releasing murderers after serving 15 years in prison. Guy kills his wife. Um, anyway. Not with Paul Evier. Okay. I, 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 don't know what, I don't know what it is with, 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 with everybody, with the ones that do are anti-conservative or anti-Pierre Paul Evier. I don't see how this could possibly get any worse under any other leader besides, of course, Jack Mead Singh and, and those fucking maniacs uh at the, the ndp party Whew, what a bunch of kooks i i don't know i i i don't even know what to call them they're they're just fucking nuts they're just the ndp i thought the liberal party of canada are crazy did you see i did a video of this of course reaction did you see the latest meeting of the ndp convention have, have you seen this go, go, go on my tiktok and my social media on on instagram and you're going to see the video that I've done. By the time they started the meeting, basically they were saying that white men basically had no no rights to speak. And everybody under the sun with any type of disability or disenchanted group uh, had priority over white men. So, and they were giving them little yellow stars to give them priority to speak. Like it was just, it was one of the most insane things I've ever seen, really. One of the most insane things I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like this. So in terms of options, uh, Tony, Cheech, uh, fortunately, we, we, don't have, we don't have much. We don't have much. Uh, conservatives should have chosen Jean Chardin in the leadership race. Yeah, Tony, I think that ship has sailed. Um, 
he's out of touch with a large portion of the of the population and of the party within itself. Uh, so that that wasn't gonna fly. That wasn't gonna fly. I was rooting for him as well, but right now I think uh, in terms of popularity, the only way that uh, anybody could get help us get this maniac Justin Trudeau out of power is a uh, Pierre Poilevia uh, led conservative party. That's our only hope right now. That's our only hope. So, and by the way, if that that day ever happens when 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 Trudeau is finally out of power. Um, I'm going to have a really big party. You guys, all, everyone's invited. I'm going to rent a hall, restaurant. Everyone's invited. DJ, we're going to have, we're going to, we're going to party. We're gonna, I, I just, that, that day can't come soon enough. So, so th- those are, those are your updates on your uh, latest uh, federal um, government scandals. I'm sure there's going to be more in the coming days. Uh, so basically, uh, the mafia families are doing their all they can to keep Justin Trudeau in power and basically out of jail. And they keep stealing our money. Isn't that great? Guys, just think about it. Just to go back for a second. Think about that number. I, I want to know if you guys could put in the... I mean, think of the, the insanity of $54 million for an app on a phone. Think of that number, how fucking insane that is. How out of this world this is. I mean, this is beyond insanity. This is beyond fraud. This is beyond incompetency. It's it's beyond any explanation. Any explanation. It's crazy. How could anyone sit there and justify this? To any rational human being, how a government could spend $54 million over a use, on top of that, over a useless fucking application. Useless. That one, that one app developer said he could have done it for, I believe the number was $200,000. crazy animal chatter wants to know who were the developers of the app there was multiple developers multiple companies involved tony cheech asks you think the liberals will change leader before the next election not a crazy thought uh yeah there's a good chance yeah because with them with the falling um polling numbers which it's on free for all right now free fall um I believe uh, the Liberals are 15 points behind, 15, maybe 15 points behind the Conservative Party. Um, so, yeah, there is a good a good chance that maybe they do throw them out. They force them out of the leadership. Um, and then what? Christian Freeland, our Deputy Prime Minister, as Prime Minister until they elect a new leader. Could you imagine that? Could you? <laughs> did you imagine Christian Freeland as a Prime Minister of Canada? Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! It's, guys, I'm laughing because I feel like crying. I really do feel like crying. I don't even know what to say anymore. Christian Freeland as our Prime Minister. 
Oh, fuck. Animal Chatter wants to know. Yes, uh, we have a few names. Uh, I did mention them, but um, I will answer you. I'll, I'll say the three companies again as soon as I I, I find them for you. Um, GC Strategies, Dalian Enterprises, and Coradix were the three companies, the three main companies involved in the Arrive Can app development. Okay. Oh, wow. 25 minutes on federal incompetency. Now we're going to go to municipal incompetency, guys. Are we ready for this? My favorite mayor party of Montreal. Again, where this, um, <laughs> where this uh, uh, show is being recorded, where the show is from, from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Um, <laughs> actually, <laughs> you know what, Tony Chich, Melanie Jolie, she would get my vote, Haba Baba. Yeah, she is a very attractive woman, very attractive woman. Uh, how she's in ch our minister charge of international affairs is beyond me. Um, but <laughs> yeah, she's an attractive woman. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Less scary than Christian Freeland, that is for sure. I uh, needed a little bit of comic relief on that one. Hubba bubba. Okay, so from federal incompetency to municipal incompetency here in Montreal. So in a recent uh, press conference, the Montreal uh, city of Montreal blames the dip in real estate sales, inflation, and climate-related spending for the budget crunch. So let me repeat that again. The city of Montreal, because they're very low on their budget right now, I mean, they're, we're missing money as usual. They're blaming it on real estate sales because they obviously collect less taxes, on inflation and uh, climate-related spending. <laughs> climate-related spending. That's my favorite. So the city of Montreal is facing a major economic crunch that it says couldn't predict as it finds itself $80 million short for next year. You bunch of fucking morons, honestly. Surprise, surprise. You're gonna try to tell you're gonna try to convince me and all the Montrealers that paid taxes through our teeth. Through our teeth that you couldn't see this coming with your out of control spending over fucking nonsense. With a month before the city tables its budget, the Valerie Plant administration said Wednesday it is imposing an immediate hiring freeze and postponing other expenses until next year. Then <laughs> next year we're going to be under budget again. When we looked at sales in August, uh, excuse me, when we looked again in August, we realized there was a slow, a real slowing down of the economic context. Wow, said Executive Committee Chair Dominique Olivier. What an economist, eh? Genius. A significant source of revenue for the city is a so-called welcome tax that's paid every time there's a real estate transaction. Welcome. Pay again 1.5% of the of the uh, of the uh, the sale value of the property for no reason to the city, and we're just gonna spend it again. Stupidity. However, fewer people have bought properties this year, adding to the budget shortfall. Natural disasters such as the springs 
ice storm and this summer's flooding caused further pressure on city finances. The city also collected millions less in parking tickets due to police staffing shortages. <laughs> the city won't fill up to 400 vacant positions and will postpone non-urgent spending to compensate for the loss. Funny, guys. What's missing in this? What's missing in this? this? I wonder. Oh, yeah, there's no mention of bike spending, right? Whether we overspent on useless bike paths, right? In a city that has winter half of the year, let's say, not rideable, not bike rideable, if I could use that term. But guys, don't worry, okay? Because the administration insists services won't be affected. <laughs> I, I need to laugh. This is great. The snow removal will still happen. Our libraries will still be open and our services will still be there. You'll still get your permits. That's our core business. We're going to preserve said Olivier. The city said if the cuts aren't made, it could increase next year's tax bill for residents. <laughs> Whether it is a shortfall or a surplus, their taxes are always going to go up. And then you fucking wonder why everybody wants to leave Montreal. Jesus Christ, I need a fucking, I need a break. I need a drink. I don't know, man. Antonio Chichi says Laval, but Laval. And if you accidentally spell it backwards, it's still Laval. You know what, Tony? Laval's looking a lot more attractive to me right now. That is for sure. And many, many others. Oof. There are two more months to go, and we will put provisions in order to not impact 2024, said Serge Lamantine, the city's director general. What provisions? What, what provisions? They're going to fall from the sky. What provisions? You're going to take off a few bike paths off, like, off the plan. This is fucking insane, man. Again, clearly the chickens are coming home to roost, said Ensemble Montreal's Alain D'Souza, a member of the city's finance commission. We have warned the administration over the years that the economic situation was fragile. Projet Montréal is expected to present its contingency plan to city council next week. I can't wait to see this plan, guys. I can't wait to see this, this plan. Guys, keep in mind, okay, for those of you that are not in Montreal and you've never been to Montreal, this is a city that has spent multi-millions in the tens, hundreds of millions on bike paths, redirecting streets for whatever reason. I have no idea. I cannot explain it to you. So, you know, what used to be two-way streets, making them into one-way streets, uh, and endless kilometers after kilometer after kilometer of bike paths to make Valerie Plant's voter base happy now if, again if you've never been to montreal as of right now or at the end of october it's pretty pretty cold right now okay as of november and december we're going to get into the minus temperatures okay so below freezing january february comes along 
we're going to get into Siberia weather. Okay? Minus 20, minus 30, minus 40 with wind chill factors sometimes. So now what Valerie Plant is telling me is that to save the planet, right? Because God knows whatever Montreal does to spend millions on climate change, to help climate change, is going to have an impact on the entire world. Okay? Right? It, it's really, really going <laughs> to, it's really, really going to have an impact on climate change by a few hundreds, ten thousands, or whatever of, of thousands of Montrealers riding bikes in the dead of winter. So I'm supposed to take my son, my two sons, with two hockey bags and sticks, my wife and my two sons, and put them on a bike and bring them to hockey. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? That's what the, that's what Valerie Plant's going to tell us. And but the, the goal is here that the, the, the most amazing thing here is how they think they actually our actions here in Montreal will have like you know like a drop if you just drop a little bit of, a drop of water in a bucket not even that will have an impact on global climate change or climate climate matters okay not even that but they have the audacity to say that they could make a difference so they're going to spend millions of dollars even though the city's broke right even though they steal taxes from us and they don't give us the services in return right because infrastructure i don't know if you've ever driven on a montreal street is beyond comprehension beyond comprehension like there's no way that a vehicle could last in the city streets so they're going to keep on stealing my money not spending it spending it where it should be spent properly as is infrastructure and uh but they're going to tell us that we need more bike paths and we need to redirect streets and we need to fight climate change Alrighty then we need to fight climate change guys um this last topic tonight um is is really heavy really heavy but i, I feel the need to um to discuss it uh but before we get into that uh pat says Sammy Shaw, small streets changed to one way. I was there earlier, couldn't believe it. Like, tell me, Pat, what is the purpose of it? What exactly is the purpose of it? Tell me. Tell me. What is the purpose of a small street that used to be two ways, changing it to one way? How could you possibly justify, in this economic time right now, spending taxpayers' money on changing directions of streets? I want to know. Bike paths. Okay. Well, I guess, guys, we're never going to have the answer because she said it. I was given a mandate. You put me into power. So I'm going to do what I have to do. And you know what? She's right. If not enough, enough of us go vote, because historically, of course, I've mentioned a nauseum. I don't know how many times 
not enough of Montrealers go vote. And that's what happened. She won. That's the problem. And she's right. She could do whatever she wants. Even though only, what, 20%? That was the voter turnout in the last municipal election. 20% uh, about there. Voted for her. So all the tree huggers got what they want. They want their fucking bikes. What do you want to do? Animal Chatter says, plant will not be able to add bike paths. Well, yeah, well, she's been doing that for, for years. So, <laughs> what difference does it make now? Okay, guys. Oh, boy. I decided to um, to spend this last one. Um, well, Sal M. Hey, Sal. Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Laval just spent $8 million to redo their website. They are just as corrupt as Montreal. Are you serious? <laughs> Tony Cheech, if you're still watching, <laughs> $8 million for a website. <laughs> Oh, that is amazing, man. Oh, my God. $8 million for a website. I want to see this website. I want to see it. Is this like, what, what, do sparkles come out of it? Do, like, fireworks come out of it every time you open it? $8 million. I thought we were bad. But, Sal, nothing overdoes. Nothing could outdo our federal government. $54 million for, a fe- for an app. $8 million for a website. It's pretty bad. It's pretty fucking bad. Oh, wow. Okay, guys. Last story. Last story. This one, I, I covered this as well, but I, I felt like I wanted to go a little bit more in depth into it because I, I want to know your guys' opinions on what you think should happen uh, to the person in the story that is responsible for this decision. So let me explain to you how terrible the judicial system and more in particular, family affairs is in the United States. Um, Ella Vitalis, a Brooklyn baby, dies at home. She died at home three months after a judge released her back to her abusive parents who lost custody when she was just three weeks old after she was found with broken ankles and a fractured skull. Um. I know that's very hard to hear. I know it's very difficult to actually or try to even comprehend that this uh, people could be so evil. But unfortunately, there is very evil, mentally ill people in this world. And some of them have children and some of them treat these children this way. So... Um, she was only one and she had been living back with her parents Lafayette Brown and Johnson Vitalis for three months Judge remember this name okay guys Judge Eric Pichal P-I-T-C-H-A-L allowed the girl to return to her parents from foster care They had lost custody of her after taking her to the hospital when she was three weeks old with broken ankles, a fractured skull, and a brain hemorrhage. 
She was pronounced dead on September 20th, five days after her parents called 911, claiming she had choked while her father was feeding her. So off the bat, just after the sentences, I have a great solution for these two. Don't put them in jail. I say you choke, very slowly, you choke both of them to death. How about that? So for those of you that can't handle this, I'm going to read just a little bit more. She had blunt force injuries on her head, bruising and cuts on her forehead, and she had swollen eyes. Doctors also noticed what looked like bite marks, and she appeared to have a broken jaw. In June of this year, Judge Pitchall agreed to let the child live with her parents again, despite the harrowing history of abuse. Okay, so I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't read anymore. Now, of course, there's uh, growing questions over why the judge thought the parents were fit to take her home. Uh, judge Pitchall, a Yale graduate, was appointed to the bench in 2013. Of course, the Brooklyn Family Court, where he works, did not respond to requests for comments on um, the New York City Administration of Child Services, which had requested for the child to stay in foster care, did not respond either. One of the representatives told the Times deciding where to place a child was not an exact science. Also, let's give them back to the abusive parents. Is that science? The worst is that they have another child, and it's not clear whether Liam, the other child, is still being looked after by the couple. Pat says, whatever punishment the parents get, this judge needs to get the same, hold them all accountable. So that's my question, okay? What do we do to this judge? That's my one question, okay? But my other question is, what happened to this judge? What goes through his thought process that he could come up with the, with the conclusion that this baby would be better served to leave a foster care family and go back and put them back with her biological parents, abusive biological parents after a very short period of time. What, what, what goes through your brain as a judge, a Yale University educated judge since 2013, so it's 10 years he's a judge, how 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 messed up do the chemicals have to be in your brain to come up with this decision how does this happen 
how, how does this happen now because of this decision this this baby's dead now for me is it enough to disbar this judge because he probably won't even be this disbarred right lose his license but i would disbar him not only and i would put him in jail i would put him in jail it, it, this this is not a criminal offense putting a defenseless baby back into the hands of his uh, her abusers only to end up dead what are we seeing here what precedents are we going to set here what other protection did this child have nobody yet this child had nobody this infant this baby that had the entire life ahead of him of her excuse me had no protection, nobody but this judge. And what did the judge go do? Gives him back to her abusers. I mean, this this is this is unconscionable to me. Pat says accountability is a must, otherwise it'll continue. Yes, exactly. Because I'm not again, I I, I don't. I'm not saying it's easy when it comes to family matters, right? Family court and, and abusive parents. And, but man, you're telling me there was even an option of giving this kid back. Why was this even an option? How does he, how does he, how does he okay this in his brain? Is this judge? Okay. First of all, mentally, what's what I have to question the mental capacity of this judge. Pat says, all kids deserve parents, but there are some parents that should never have kids. Poor baby. <laughs> well said, Pat. We're all crying. Because when I read this article story, I just I couldn't believe it. I had to speak of it again in detail. So this is the kind of crazy shit that happens in judicial systems in North America. Very, very sad for this baby. May she rest in peace eternally. Poor angel. Poor angel. I can't even, to not even have the words to express. May she rest in peace, Ella. Guys, that's the show. Thank you so much. I know it was a heavy one. We had a few laughs, though. Thanks for always tuning in, guys. Thanks for always being there. Um, Animal Chatter, Pat, Tony Cheech, Sal. Thanks, guys, for tuning in so much. Again, this is going to be available as a podcast and to rewatch again on instant, uh, Instagram, on YouTube, uh, and, of course, on Facebook as well. You can watch it after. Um, again, I thank you so much, guys. I wish you all a great evening, and I thank you again for tuning in. Take care, everybody, and please, 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 please be good to each other. I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.